0: Nation. You're invited to take your seat take a seat at the Warriors' Roundtable. It's a three, in and out, rebound, Peyton out to Curry, lets it fly, three ball, left corner pocket. Welcome to the table on the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors, 95-7 The Game. Curry fires away, three ball, above the break. Here's Kevin Danner right and Gary St. Chiefs.
1: What up,
0: folks? We welcome you
1: to Warriors Roundtable on 95 7, the game, reminding youth the Warriors 2023 20, 24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. It's Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. G. We've got Mark Grandy behind the glass. I listened to the last half hour or so of Willard and Dibs. Very nice job, Grandy. Great to hear him get some air time as uh, we discuss the Warriors for the next 59 minutes, give or take. Taking your calls all hour long, 888-957-9570. A lot to get to. We will start with the win last night in Washington as the Warriors took care of business in the district, in the Wizards' district uniforms, 123-112. And to me, Gary, the Warriors did last night what good teams do. I was talking with Brian Iglesias uh, with this uh, over uh, the phone of Brian Glessie of 95.7 The Game fame. And, and he was saying, and I agreed with him, the Warriors did what good teams do. They handle an inferior opponent. They win comfortably. And it was one of those vintage third quarters for Golden State. Well, one of the key phrases in Twitter over like the, the main years of the dynasty when it was... But KD was here when they won three titles in four years, went to five straight finals. Must be the third quarter, because that's when the Warriors turned on the Jets and really put the opposing team in the rearview mirror, and that's exactly what they did last night. Outscoring Washington 38-17 to 17 right after halftime.
2: Well, you know, this has been going on for years and years. New players come in. Uh, you know, you got the core that's still there, Kev. And it must be something that Eric Hausen gives them to drink or a, a, wow. a energy bar or a fresh, clean towel or some magic potion because these guys invariably just night in and night out just take care of business in the third, the first half. You're saying, okay, you're playing an inferior opponent. They're going to hang around for a while, but they're going to wear down. Their depth is not real good, and frankly, it's not a really good team. And in the third quarter, it was terrific. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the roster. I, I just, uh, the full compliment, the, the guys coming off the bench, uh, the starters, to, to win that game and Steph not having his best game on the road, uh, it speaks to, to the other guys how well they're playing and how they're playing on both ends of the floor.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I, I think we talked about this last week. I think the Warriors need to go 3-1 and one on this road trip. Get to 32-28 and 28 through 60. Give yourself a, a better chance to try to crack the top six or at least the top eight so you get two cracks at the playoffs through the play and then host at least one home game. And that goal would have been a, a lot tougher to achieve with a loss in Washington, who I think, with all due respect is the worst team in the NBA right now. I think the Pistons are a better team. I think they're playing better than the Washington Wizards right now. I know Washington gave Cleveland a run for their money uh, over the weekend on Sunday night, but Detroit, I mean, they could have easily beaten Orlando and New York if it wasn't for some questionable officiating. They took care of business in Chicago last night. So I do think Washington's the worst team in the NBA right now, and it was just one that they absolutely had to handle the way they did, and they did.
2: They did, and there's there's so many quality things to talk about. Uh, Kaminga's game, I, I just thought he was so gosh darn solid. Uh, not in a rush, just letting it come to him. I think he defended well, he shared the ball well, he rebounded. Uh, Moody gets a surprise start, responds with a really nice effort. Uh, he probably sent one guy to the hospital on that crossover. Uh, that was hilarious. I loved it. And I'm happy for him. He got a run and, you know, uh, Draymond gets eight rebounds, eight assists. Steph's a little down. And Podzimski, you know, he just, when you look at him and Peyton, you say, well, you know, can they make a ton of shots or do they, do they go do this and that? What they do is, is work harder than guys on the other team. And when you got somebody on the floor doing that night in and night out, that lifts your team. Uh Pazimski getting that uh, save near uh the scorer's table, almost wedging his ankle into the scorers table. Uh, you know, and, and I look at I, I look at Peyton, he comes into the game and he come on, Kev, is he more he no more than six three? Yeah, no, he's no more than six three. And he he's climbing. I mean he's going up there, dunking and all that and It's just, guys love to play with guys like that. It's really terrific. And, you know, we're sure going to talk about Chris Paul and and Clay Thompson. Two Hall of Famers coming off your bench. And, uh, boy, that really solidifies things in my mind.
1: Well, let's go there right now. Because Chris Paul missed 21 games with the fracture in his left hand, a broken bone in that left hand. He suffered against Detroit on January 5th. First game back. Plus 17 in 22 minutes. Nine points on three of five, three-point shooting. Buried 2-3 straight over Marvin Bagley, who was switched on to him. Four rebounds, six assists, four steals. It really, to me... Gary, you see his impact big time at the end of quarters because nobody works the two for one better. And he got a super easy lob for Kaminga at the end of the third quarter. And, and I mean, just Clay's talked about the excitement of having him and CP3 come off the bench together. You mentioned it, two Hall of Fame guards off the bench, and, and Chris Paul in his first game back looked like he, he'd been a part
2: of the lineup the whole time. Well, you know, when you play with a guy like him, his game just makes basketball sense. Uh, he reads the plays perfectly. Let, let's use the example of, say, him and Sarek. Now, Sarek is going to pick and pop versus roll to the basket. So he baits the big, who's guarding Sarek, to come to him on some dribble penetration, and he's wide open at the line. Then he gets it up at the top of the key, and you got, say, uh, Looney setting a screen curry to come off or clay to come off and there's so much attention paid to those tremendous shooters that the guy who sets the pick if he opens up and finds the ball he's going to throw a pass to him for a layup I mean he just makes great decisions you talked about a two for one uh, the, the verbiage in the NBA is a wedge you wedge two shots into one so the the one of the perfect numbers is like 30 35 to 39. So uh, you get that shot up within five or six seconds. They almost use the whole clock. You still got five or six to blow it up there and get a second opportunity. And as you noted, his eyes are up at that clock. He's a master of it. He reads the defense, and they find a quality shot. He, uh, he's going to be big here on this road trip and as we go forward, trying to climb up the ladder here in the standings.
1: Well, you mentioned Dario Sharj there, and R.C. Davis, uh, broadcast director or radio broadcast director for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, He gave me this stat that Sharj, with CP3 this year, averaging 10.4 points, shooting 40% from three. Without CP3 in the lineup, seven points per game, 37% from three. So he's just making such a huge impact on. On, you know, Dario Scharch, of course, they play so well together. And this is what Steve Kerr had to say. And I want to get your response to, to Steve's quote, Gary. This is what Coach Kerr had to say on the luxury of having both Chris Paul and Clay Thompson coming off the bench together.
3: What a luxury to come off the bench with Chris Paul and Clay Thompson. I mean, that's crazy. I think I said this before the game, but it, it feels like we've kind of found a nice um, combination of uh, a starting group um, that we've been able to count on, you know, over the last month, and a, a second unit that's been good all year. Um, but you know, adding Clay to that only makes it better.
2: Yeah, let's let's put a triple exclamation point on that. You know, and in regards to Sarek, RC's point, Sarek should be buying tonight at Smith and Walensky's in Midtown, New York. He should be buying Chris Paul the best <laughs> steak in the house because he finds him invariably all the time. Feeder set, he's got a lot of space, there's a confidence level, and he takes uh, Sarek's game up. It's kind of like the connection between Clay Thompson. and and Davis, Jackson Davis. Uh, For some reason, certain players connect. Another combination, Draymond Green and Steph. Uh, Their connection is unbelievable. It just happens with teams, and uh, it's a great point by RC.
1: You you really want your uh, backup point guard uh, tearing down a a 14-ounce porterhouse or a ribeye the night before a game, St.?
2: Yeah, he might need to because he's going to play against Brunson (laughs) tomorrow night, and Brunson's a small (laughs) Sherman tank.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well said, well said, St. Well, Clay Thompson, he's the other half of uh, that that Hall of Fame backup, you know, reserve back. And he had another big game off the bench, 25 points, hit 6 of 11 threes. He's now averaging 19.8 points per game in his five games off the bench. To me, St., feels like his shot selection has been a lot better recently. He also has developed a really nice connection with Drace Jackson Davis, which we saw especially in
2: the Lakers game coming out of the All-Star break. Well, I haven't seen that much in, in Clay's career where he finds what I call the pocket pass, where he comes off, uh, Jackson Davis's defender steps up to help the guy that's guarding Clay, and Clay just steps into the pocket there and, and just gives a beautiful bounce pass, and Davis goes in for a dunk. Um you know, he just looks happy, content. Uh, you know, the, the talks he's had with Steve, uh, I'm sure he's talked a lot with his dad, his friends. He just, he, you know what, he, he talked about Manu Ginobili, a Hall of Famer, uh, being a six-man for those championship teams. Uh, it, it's not a demotion. His minutes are up there. He's probably going to be on the floor late game. The coolest thing I read, and you know, I'm, I grew up in Massachusetts. The coolest thing I read was Larry Bird talking about Clay? Yeah. Man, oh man, that, that got me excited. My brother Ricky sent me that this morning, and I just lit up. Uh, because Clay Thompson is a Larry Bird kind of player. He doesn't play with a lot of emotion, uh, he's a winner. He just, he's tough. He competes, he takes the big shot. Uh, just smart. And uh, I loved what Clay said. He got that uh, sent to him by Raymond Ritter. And he said, hey, I got that on my phone, and that's that's in my archives. That's not going anywhere. That's special.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I read that article by Sam Amick in The Athletic where he, he you know, mentioned Raymond Ritter sending him that 37-second clip of Larry Bird talking – Crazy Clay Thompson, one of the guys he really enjoys watching. That was over All-Star Weekend. So really cool for, for Clay to get those kind of props from Larry Legend himself. And uh, I hope to to see clay continue to perform like this off the bench and unlike the Denver game his score was pretty sustained throughout he had 23 on the first half against Denver he had eight at halftime 13 in the third tacked on a couple of key mid-range jumpers in the fourth to help seal the deal against the wiz kids last night well folks chase center hosts West Coast Conference rivals the University of San Francisco Dons and the Gonzaga Bulldogs on Thursday, February 29th. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. That will be a key, key WCC matchup. That is tomorrow night, so be sure to get your tickets at ChaseCenter.com. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more on the win over the Wizards, and taking take a look at... At the post All Star Break homestand and unwritten rules in basketball. All right, here on the other side of this timeout, right here on 95 7 The Game.
0: Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table.
1: If everybody would please take
0: your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95 7 The Game. knocked it down, straight out for about 28 feet. Now back. Kevin Dana, and Gary St. Jean. Dumb Nation,
1: now is your shot at scoring tickets without fees. Save big and take advantage of no ticket fees on all remaining regular season home games. This offer is available until Friday at 10 p.m. Visit warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. Kevin Dana, Gary St. Jean, here with you until the top of the hour. So another 42 minutes or so taking your calls 9 uh. Talking more about the win over the Wizards and I do want to get in more to the play of Moses Moody so Andrew Wiggins not available for the time being due to a personal family matter. We hope everything is okay with Andrew and his family but that has created a spot for Moses Moody. I am with the Warriors right now. I'm I'm filling in for Tim on this uh, road trip and I had the post game interview with Gary Payton the second after the win over Washington last night. He told me here on 95.7, he calls him Mr. Stay Ready Moses because Moses always ready to contribute. He gets the spot start. Starting place of Wiggins, 12 points, 4-7 from deep. Big-time hustle, big-time defense, and, and was very efficient offensively as well.
2: Well, you know, Kev, that's a, a great example of a young player keeping himself ready. and um, He's on a team that's very deep. We can debate this. The Warriors have one of the deepest benches in the league. they basically got 12 guys that they can play. And, uh, you know, I think that the people are saying, why didn't he, you know, play a little bit more That Keonis was playing? And Steve said that he needed maybe a little bit better ball handling. But as far as a wing player, uh, even though he's not playing a ton, I think he's got everybody's respect, and I think he's got a bright future. And uh, let's see where it all goes for him. But I, I really like him as a young player.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up with Lester Yonas because everyone feels like Mo- Moses should play more. I want to see Moses play as much as possible, but I didn't really see it uh, as I kind of looked more and heard about, you know, Steve's reasoning as to why he played Lester Yonas. is that I don't think he really jumped Moses Moody in the rotation. It's just, well, Chris Paul wasn't there. So Lester brings more ball handling. It's more Lester's skill set than Moses' skill set. And there's plenty of things that Moses does better than Lester. There are things that Lester does better than Moses. So, again, I will ask, whose minutes do you take away to give to Moses? Now, we have the answer for now, Andrew Wiggins, because he's not available. And we don't know how long he is going to be unavailable for. But outside of that, if everyone is healthy, like, There's just not a lot of time to go around.
2: No, there really isn't. And, uh, you know, when you looked at the roster at the beginning of the year, well, I don't know that anybody thought that Podzinski would be starting right now. And uh, there's been nights where Davis has played an awful lot. So you added two guys uh, when you put your team down on the whiteboard, figuring out, well, I got – and we always do this. We say – okay you got 48 48 at the forward spot that's 96 and you're you're figuring out okay in today's world it, it, you're not defining power forward and um, small forward they they're forwards now one may rebound and defend a little better at the bigger spot but you know and the same thing in the guard spot I mean in the old days you were a one or a two and uh, you know there's there's limited minutes and it's just one of those situations in it, it, it what it'll do is if things continue, you you have uh, some quality players that help you maybe potentially make a deal uh, come draft time or post uh, you know in the off season. So, but this guy this guy can play. He's convinced me. Yeah, no, he he is
1: for sure an NBA rotation player. There is no doubt about that. Now, I also want to talk about his. Uh, Draft class buddy, Jonathan Kaminga. You mentioned him at the top Oof. because he had that great stretch where he had 34 straight games in double figures, scored six points, I believe it was, against the Charlotte Hornets to snap that skid. And he just hadn't been you know, the, the same level of efficiency the last handful of games, hadn't been good to the 20-point plateau in a while. And I asked Chris Williams about that, Gold State assisted coach, and he, he was saying, well, you know, it's just – He's moved up on the scouting report and so he's getting more attention and, and then it, it kind of made more sense to me that the teams are really starting to key in on Kaminga more and it's gonna make the scoring harder to come by and as a result the next adjustment will be on Jonathan's shoulders, which I, I thought he showed out really well last night, twenty one points
2: on ten of thirteen. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a good point. Uh you know, what's he going to capitalize on? He's going to get out and transition after playing good defense, getting his, his teammates get out there, and we love the high flying and the dunking and all that. Uh, with time, he's going to understand how to get to the free throw line more, and that that's going to be big. And then when you look at uh, where he is in the half court, I, I like his game on the box. I think he's patient. I think he utilizes the dribble to get middle on the left box and has a nice little uh, fadeaway. Uh, he's going to get better down there, and I see him in the half court. You and I talked about this, Kev. I think the sign of a really good young player, he, he's not catching and holding and you know sizing up everything. He's on the move. Maybe he uses a screen away yeah. by a teammate, and he curls over the top of him. And if the guy goes underneath the screen, maybe he knocks down the 15-footer. But if the guy trails him, he catches and he powers in there. Uh I think he's patient looking for the three-point shot. So it's it's all uh, it's all in front of this young guy. It, it's just a really, really bright future.
1: Yeah, you know, it really is. One last thing I want to bring up from last night's game, Jordan Poole, his second game against Golden State, had 25 in his return to Chase Center, was a rough night for him last night. 12 points on 5 of 17, 2 of 8 from deep. And if, if we kind of hindsight is 2020 this game. The worst thing that might have happened to him in that game is hitting his first shot over Stephen Curry cuz it kind of turned into fool's gold cuz I felt like after that he was just trying to be in his bag all night long and, and trying to show up his former teammates. At times it felt like that was some of the shots he was taking and I know he normally that is normally how he plays as far as dancing with the dribble and, and getting fancy with it, but but maybe there was a little extra motivation for him and after seeing that first one go in perhaps and i'm not in jordan's mind so i could be totally off but perhaps he was thinking all right i got it going let me show the warriors what time it is
2: well a lot of times a young player when he plays against the team that he used to be with he uh, gets over energized and he's too aggressive and his game uh, loses its clarity now What speaks volumes to me is he's coming now off the bench for the worst team in the NBA. And his shot selection was terrible. Uh, You're right. It was like playing a game at the park. And I just I'll be frank and honest, I just don't like the way he's playing the game. And uh, that doesn't bode well for his future. Uh, He's loose. His game is loose. It's not tight. And what do I mean by that? He'll try to throw a A pass through three people. He'll take a shot when he's closely guarded. Uh, He'll try to finish at the rim when he's got no chance where he should be drawing and kicking. Defense, I don't think he's working very hard at that end. So uh, he's lost me at this time.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully he can turn his season around, averaging about 16 points per game, and turn his career around. At least he was able to get that big contract. Hopefully he's able to play his way into another big contract. We are taking your calls all hour long, 888 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. And we throw it to Juan in Richmond, who wants to talk about the Warriors and their playoff chances. Juan, what's going on?
3: Hey, guys, how you doing? Um, long-time Warriors fan and just, like, uh, love your station. Uh, yeah, Jordan Poole's on my fantasy team, so I'm regretting that, too. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> But I come from the days of uh, Joe Barely Cares and uh, cool. Larry, Larry Hardhat, you know, Smith, and uh, Purvis Shore, you know, Pellis wow. uh, Frank, and Sleepy Floyd. I've I watched the Sleepy Floyd Superman game. That was awesome. And all that to say is that you know I I love how the Warriors just have that fight, and uh, I, I'm just call me an optimist, but I think the Warriors, if they get into the playoff, well, I'm sure I'm pretty sure they're going to get into the playoffs, but nobody's going to want to face them because of uh, I don't know. I think they have that championship DNA that I don't know if they have that switch. I don't you know if there is a switch so called. You you could tell me saintly if there's like that switch in. In players that you know, they just turn it on in the playoffs. But um, I just, you know, really confident and just like you know the the We Believe years. I, I think uh, you know they'll they'll do something like that. I don't know if they'll really be contending for a championship, but I'm just happy to be on the boat because you know, of all the long time suffering Warriors fans out there, know uh, you know it's 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 tough to come by championships, and when they come, you know, you just want to squeeze the juice
2: for all it's worth. <laughs> well, Juan, I, I, I'm i with you on almost every darn point. I feel bad for you on your fantasy team, but uh, everything else you said, I, I loved it. Now, you're going way back. Now, I, I wasn't here yet. I was, uh, geez, I think I was in with the Nets or Milwaukee when uh, I loved it. Just barely cares. JB, uh, oh boy, Carol and Frank and great. Uh, oh boy, we've had Larry Smith on. And then uh, you talked about uh, Tellus Frank and Sleepy Floyd. Th- those were good teams. Uh, they-, they could really shoot the ball, and they were pretty darn tough. I think Alvin Adams was coaching then. Your point about this team and uh, we believe, I- I, you are spot on. Uh, nobody is going to convince me that they want to get the matchup of playing the Lake, uh, Warriors or the Lakers in the first round. If uh, one of if either one of those two or both advance, and if you're, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Denver's the defending champ; they know how to win. But I'm not convinced as good as OKC is, and they're young and somewhat small, but not tested in the playoffs. And then I look at uh, Minnesota, and they're not battle tested in the playoffs. If I was those two teams, I wouldn't be too happy about playing the Lakers or the Warriors because you're right; those teams get you know a little bit of time off. They they spend a lot of time focusing on the scouting report, strengths and weaknesses of individuals, tendencies of the team on both end, and uh, you're prepared at a higher level. Uh, it, it it's just a, a just take the game up uh, two or three notches. It competes like heck and. Uh, you're right on. Uh, this team here has experience. You can't teach experience. You you have to go through it, and this team is ready. And uh, I'm I'm excited for April. I think it's going to be great.
1: Well, thank you for the call, Juan. We thank you for for listening and, and chiming in here on Warriors Roundtable again. If you want to hit us up, 888-957-9570. Hey, Gary, since you touched on the Western playoff uh, race, I, I do want to. Bring up this that just kind of popped in my head. If you're, say that the Thunder and Timberwolves do finish 1 2 in some order, it's really tight, the top four. But they are looking at potentially either facing the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, or the Mavericks potentially in the first round. I'm not sure you want to face any of those teams, if you are an up-and-coming top seed, you're going to have to go up against either Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Devin
2: Booker, Bradley Beal, or Luka Doncic. Welcome to the playoffs. Well, this is an amazing race. Uh, When you look at those first two right now, you mentioned Minnesota OKC with 17 losses. And Denver and the Clippers with 19. Well, that's going to be tight the whole way. Then you've got that next four. New Orleans is losing right now to Indiana. Uh, and they're going to drop below Phoenix. But those are two of the teams for 5-6-7-8. And then you got Sacramento in there who've beaten some really terrific teams uh, lately. And then they turn around and lose to some teams that aren't very good. But I still really like them. And Dallas... You don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they can stone cold score, and uh, they're they're not easy to play against. And then you get down to uh, to the Warriors and and the Lakers, and th- that's it. Because Utah's gone by the w- wayside, and so's Houston. So this is uh, this is. I love you know what? I'm crazy. I still got it in my blood. I look at the standings every morning. I love it. That that's yeah. that's like a beautiful cinnamon raisin English muffin for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I just love looking at it. I, I study the East and I'm seeing Miami's on a wicked roll. Uh, Orlando's playing well. Philadelphia's sliding. Is New York going to get healthy? Mil- uh, Milwaukee looks better. And then the one nobody talks about is Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and, and they're right there in the number two. Yes, yeah, sir. And, well, they helped out the Golden State Warriors last night, oh Max Struess, with his 59-footer. The Struess juice was injected <laughs> into the Cavaliers good last call, night. Sir. But uh, I, I do want to touch a little bit on, on this homestand out of the All-Star break because they looked really good against the Lakers and Charlotte, and they looked really good against Denver for 20 minutes, and then the defending champs just put their foot down and said, we're better than you. What what'd you take away
2: uh, from the homestand? You know, here's your deal. And uh, I've talked to a couple guys in the league. And you love Draymond Green's comeback, both ends of the floor. There's two guys that he really has a tough time with. He'll admit it. He respects these both guys. And I'm talking about Embiid and Joker. Those two guys are big, and they got a game. Uh, They just... just do it to the to a smaller smaller matchup so uh beyond that my, my point would be i love the starting five love the starting five of denver i'm suspect on their bench i i, I you know you got jackson and you've you've lost green you lost brown Th- those guys were veteran guys who were key components i just don't know uh, they they may be a little vulnerable but they get home court to me, and that's big. That, that's a big thing playing there. It's tough. Players will tell you that. And, and then, uh, you know, you just respect Gordon, how tough he is. You talk about two players playing well together. Joker and Gordon have a thing. It, it's beautiful to watch. And Murray, uh, you know, I, I, he earns my respect more and more each year. He, he had a great game the other night. Porter's a little up and down for me. But uh, he's extremely talented. And Caldwell Pope is one of the best perimeter defenders we have in the entire league. I mean, he, he'll he love the challenge of trying to guard Steph. Now, he's not going to shut him out, but he's going to make life tough for him. And, uh, you know, that's the respect that I have for that team.
1: Yeah, and he really did a nice job on Steph in that game yeah. on Sunday. And really, I, I think the Denver Law showed the Warriors that they still have as good well, as they've been playing recently, they've won 11 of 14. That there's still a lot of room for improvement. Sure. Right now, I think if they face the Nuggets in a playoff series, I think Denver would win in five. Now, that's not to say that the yeah. script can't change from now to May or late April or, or late May, whenever they might face the Denver Nuggets of the playoffs. But, like, the, just Denver is really, really good. They now have that championship DNA. Yeah. Oh, man. Obi Toppin just wins. That was pretty awesome in transition for the Pacers. That helps uh, the Warriors out a little bit as they're taking on the Pelicans. But I, I want to hear a little bit from Draymond Green. He was talking on his podcast about the yo- respect he has for Nikola Jokic. He shares a story from the game, and then we can uh, react to it after.
4: I got a lot of respect for Joker. I always have. I-, I love the way he go about his business. Um, obviously a great basketball player. And Joker caught me with the shoulder and the chin, and they didn't call off as a foul. And I wrapped him up. And we was coming back down the court, yeah. And he was like. Brought that, was, that was definitely a foul. He was like, 100% a foul. He's like, but I didn't try to on purpose. Uh, and I'm like, no, I know you didn't try to on purpose, which is why I didn't foul you hard and just kind of wrapped you up because I know you didn't try it on purpose. Love, I love playing against the guys where there's a mutual respect of like the work that you put in, the work that I put in. Um, there's a healthy competition and that's so I, I always uh, enjoy the honor of playing against Joker, uh, a guy that I got a tremendous amount of respect for. Wow.
2: Kudos to you, Draymond Green. That is beautiful. That's, uh, that's NBA player respect. Boy, you just uh, you don't hear that very often. That's, uh, that's a beautiful thing in my mind. Taking your calls here on Warriors Roundtable,
1: 888-957-9570. Let's head out to Luke in Lafayette, who wants to talk about the playoff race. What up, Luke?
5: Not much. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. Thanks for calling in.
5: Absolutely, yeah. I just, you know, um, kind of touched on what said earlier, and I, I just don't know, like, strength in numbers was always kind of our thing, you know, was the thing back in the day. And I think while they do have a lot of great numbers and it's an advantage, they just haven't figured out how to constantly play those um people well together to always have their strengths coming forward. So I feel like that could be possibly a hindrance for them in the playoffs. However, I do still see that killer instinct that they have, that they've always had that winning pedigree. Um, it's just a Jekyll and Hyde thing right now. Can they turn it on at the right time and hit the stride at the right time? I feel like with this team it's important and just about getting at right stride.
2: Well, Luke, you're—I you're, agree with you, and—and and here's the deal: I'm not going to make excuses, but somebody's always out. Now, that's the nature of the NBA, and that's why you get a Moody getting to play quite a bit the other night. But you know, Wiggins has been out. We've seen that Draymond was out for you know reasons. Uh, not happening very often in the NBA. You've had uh, you know other guys miss extended period of time, and that. That takes away the rotation. So I'm feeling good, I think most fans are, about going down the stretch here. I think the, I think the coaches and the players are comfortable where they are in terms of a rotation. And, uh, hey, you know, l- let's look at it. Steph's had, what, kept three, four games where he, uh, he hasn't made a lot of shots. And, and Steve yep. thought he looked a little s- slow or tired. Well, gosh darn it, it's hard to believe, everybody, but he is human. <laughs> that's okay. If he's, if he's a little bit uh, maybe under the weather or something physically's bothering him or whatever, uh, that's why you have great teammates around you, and uh, he has a knack. <laughs> you guys, everybody make sure you watch that game tomorrow because, my gosh, I've seen him put some shows on in Madison Square Garden where it says Madison Square Garden there which is about 30 32 feet away. I I've I've seen yeah. him hammer down shots late game to to seal a win and all that kind of thing and you know Spike Lee and the whole New York metropolitan area they love when he comes to town. When when it, in his real heyday, they used to chant MVP. Now do you think you yeah. saw that very much in in the great New York Knicks days? No. And that's respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as that guy's playing, uh, and this team, this team keeps growing and coming together. Uh, I'm, I'm having fun watching them. That, that's. I don't know if they're going to win a championship, but I'm enjoy watching these guys play and getting better and competing. Well, he's had plenty of big-time moments in the Garden, of course. Really, his
1: first big moment on the national scene was that 54-point game in the Garden in the 2012-13 season. That came in a loss, but that let the national media know, hey, this guy is special. He's the real deal. Then, of course, it's where he broke the three-point record a couple of seasons ago, December of 2021. Did it on TNT at Madison Square Garden in front of a national audience and really no better place besides Chase Setter, for him to break the three-point record. So uh, it, I, I expect uh, some big stuff from him tomorrow night. And, and you know, you, you mentioned him being a little exhausted. That's one reason why Steve Kerr wanted to get Chris Paul back, because he yes. could take the load off Steph a little bit. Not just in, in spelling Steph in the non-Steph minutes being more stable, but also when playing together, then Chris can handle the ball a little more, and, and Steph can play off the ball, and he could get kind of like a mini rest out there on
2: offense as well well if you're sitting on the other bench I'll be honest with you you'd rather have him out there with the ball Uh, you know he's hunting the mismatch he tries to create uh action off of a brush screen or a legit pick and roll and get a big on him but uh you know if you've got a matchup that you like you're feeling kind of good with him out there because you can pinch in take away the drive crowd him play him right and tight and try to take away the easy three. Where he creates havoc is off the ball. I mean, if you don't pressure the ball and take the vision away of a Draymond Green and then let him work off of a screen, it's, it's a horror show for the defense. I mean, the guy, nobody moves without the ball like him. And if you've coached or played, my gosh, you respect that. I mean, the guy, just his movement sets up so many great things for him and his teammates. It's, To me, it's magical. Celebrate Women's Empowerment
1: Month on Warriors ground as the Dubs face the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday, March 6th. Feature Presented by Rakuten. All fans get a Women's Empowerment Month t-shirt. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOPS representatives are standing by. That might have been the worst sponsor read in the history of mankind, as Bill Walton <laughs> might say. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to get to some unwritten rules on the other side of this break. We're going to talk about the Knicks. We're going to talk about the Western Conference Outlook. Maybe a little Raptors as well, right here on 95.7 The Game.
0: Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! The Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth. Curry, screen by Draymond. Curry gets free for three. He got it on ninety The game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean.
1: What up, folks? You're tuned into Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The game taking your calls from now until about six fifty seven. Hit us up 888-957-9570. and we send it out to the one and only Filmo Mike, who has a question for the saintly one. What up, Filmo Mike?
4: Hey, what's poppin'? What's poppin? Uh you, you you was on the call a couple games ago. You was in your bag, man. I was feeling that uh <laughs> thank that, that Alley Dunk that, that Alley Dunk to Kaminga. Uh that was you, you did your thing when you went down to your to your voice. But nah, a hey, sanely one. We uh man I went to, I seen the Lenardis, man and I instantly thought of you, man. So you do a good job of promoting Lenorities for sure, man. I went in there it was so pristine, like you said. I was like,
2: man, I need to, uh, I need to buy a ribeye steak or something. Hey, you're living large, man. <laughs> Getting a nice ribeye from Lunardi's. They only let me get the chicken soup, and uh, I get that for my two, two for my two grandsons, uh, William and Joseph. And uh, Darlene is is my wonderful lady behind the deli counter. And uh, my guys are eating so much of that. I, now I just don't go in for one. I got to buy two. And uh, and Papa gets maybe one spoonful.
4: Wow, that's crazy! But I had a I had a quick question for you, Stanley. One uh, regarding you remember when y'all drafted Steph Curry, right? Yeah. And then about eight, nine games, seven games into the season, this guy by the name of Brandon Jennings. Lit us yeah. up for 50 points. Yeah. How was you feeling? And he went 10. Were what, what, what you feeling like, man, I don't know, man, we might have got the wrong guy? Or wish <laughs> you always doing so? You knew Steph Curry was going to turn out way better than Brandon Jennings. Big shout out to him, though.
2: Oh, that's sweet. That That's really a great memory. Uh, didn't they call him Mr. Jennings? Uh, that guy had a nice game. He was small, he was quick, he got in the groove. Uh, you, you know, I was uh, I was gone by then doing the TV. But you know, Nelly, uh, he had told me. He said, "Listen, this guy is stone cold terrific." You know, a- everybody overanalyzes. Well, he's not fast enough, or he's not quick enough, or his handle isn't that good. Uh, but he's a shooter as a point guard. Stop all that stuff. Just understand, you got a guy with a skill that's very 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 special and uh, they found that out real quick and the other thing about Steph Curry and I keep talking about this is his character you know that guy he's just off the charts and you guys everybody knows you you watch the pregame and what he does out there getting ready but I wish everybody could see a video of what he does in the off season working on his body working on his game he's always trying to get better if you look at a picture of him when he was young, and now, man, he's strong. Uh, that's why he can put it on the deck and get in the rack there and finish. So, uh, it's 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 probably the greatest draft pick in the history of the Warriors. I mean, it's just a, a fabulous pick.
1: But thank you for the compliments, Filmo Mike. I really appreciate it. And a, a Brandon Jennings story by the way, since he came up, I I have to bring up this story because he brought up the draft and Jennings going three picks after. I interned at the 2009 NBA draft for Jay Billis. And so I would hand him the piece of paper from underneath the desk. We knew who got drafted maybe 30 seconds before everyone else. I would hand him the piece of paper, tap his shoulder, and it would be like his prep sheet with all his notes on the guy who just got drafted. Well, Brandon Jennings, he he went tenth overall that year to the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was not in the green room. He, and, and, wow. you know, David Stern announces the pick, says, "All right, he's not here." Well, about four or five picks later, maybe mid late first round, we get word that Brandon Jennings is in the building. And, and, and so everyone's like, all right, hey, you got to go tell – they tell me to tell Andy Katz that Brandon oh, Jennings yeah. is in the building and we're going to introduce him and you're going to interview him, Andy. And, and, and so then whatever pick it was, David Stern says, well, with the 19 – before we announce the 19th pick of the NBA draft, we want to introduce Brandon Jennings, who is the 10th pick of the NBA draft to Milwaukee Bucks. Then they walk him on stage. I thought it was like the most baller thing of all time.
2: <laughs> I, there's great draft stories. And you know, in, in the, not now, but in the old days, we had to have three lines open to New York. Uh, we had a live line and backup lines. And then you had the, the time frame you had to get your pick in. And, of course, it was delayed, you know, going on the TV. And uh, you didn't have knowledge of what anybody else was doing, you know, and that kind of thing. So it, it was a lot of suspense. One of the great things about the draft is the amount of food. That's consumed because everybody's so gosh darn nervous that they have these big spreads. So let's say you pick 10 and then you don't pick till 35. Everybody's chowing down, eating a dozen chocolate chip cookies or whatever. I mean, it it would then you'd be on the phone with other teams trying to make a deal. Uh, It's boy, it's it's really electric when you're involved in the draft.
1: Oh yeah, I made a tiramisu run for the ESPN production (laughs) crew in 2000. Well, we got some more calls coming in this time from Warriors David in Concord, who wants to talk about the Clay extension. What's
0: going on, David? Hey, gentlemen, sound check. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We got you. Great. Um, My basketball friends and I are always debating: should we or shouldn't we? How much and for how long? My take is, and I get a lot of arguments. We're looking in about the mid-range, five to ten per year and two years max. Some guys think we're going to go ten to twenty per year and some as long as three years. What's your take on this? And I'll take it off the air.
2: Well, Dave, you, you've got a little bit of a history here. You know, Draymond was uh, a, available last year for a new contract during the offseason. And, uh, Kev, you Correct me if I'm wrong. It's approximately uh, three years, twenty five a year, with a player option for the fourth year. So yeah, now you got 100. Clay. So now you got Clay Thompson sitting there, and he certainly thinks he should be in the ballpark of uh, Draymond in terms of dollars. And uh, so you know, part of, listen. He all these guys are human. You're in your contract year. Uh, it's not going great for him. As for some part of this year. And he's pressing. And that's why you love Steph Curry and these guys uh, embracing him. And you can, it's Steve Kerr's big mantra play with joy. And he looks happy. Uh, I, I think we're going to be more in the Draymond category. Now, the years are going to be uh, discussed. Listen, guys, you you can't tell me who the heck has come back and played at this level. Kev, you helped me. I don't know, what, 18 points a game over the last uh, three or four? uh percentages are good you can't tell me who's come back from an acl and an achilles and played at this level this, this guy's going in the hall of fame i think they did uh, steve's contract uh, for a couple years to, they all want to be aligned with with steph and uh, i think the minimum he's going to get is a couple years somewhere in the ballpark i talked about i could be all wet i i could be wrong uh negotiations are not easy because this guy's done so much for this franchise and you feel like you know you got to step up and do the right thing but hey it's a business guys and then the warriors have been tremendous in terms of their payroll and it's because of our great fans uh that make it all happen so this will be a a real tough one uh to, to come to move forward well,
1: David, thanks for the call. We appreciate you chiming in here on Warriors Roundtable. Got a couple minutes left. Want to let you know about the upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster, the Warriors in New York City to take on the Knicks tomorrow, 4 p.m. airtime, 4:30 tip time on 95.7. The game, I'll have the call for you for the rest of the road trip. Back in back to back, takes them to Canada to take on the Toronto Raptors on Friday, 4 p.m. airtime, 4:30 tip time. Road trip concludes in Beantown, taking on the Boston Celtics, 12 p.m. on the air, 12:30. Tip time, and then they come home to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Six thirty on the air, seven PM tip time. Tim Roy will be back with you for that one. Women's Empowerment Month, Empowerment Month, presented by Racketton, and then Thursday. March 7th against the Chicago Bulls, 6.30 type, 7 p.m. tip time, presented by Rocket Lawyer. we got one minute left, and I do want to get your thoughts quickly on the unwritten rules uh, of basketball due to the Lester Quinones, Miles Bridges, uh, and uh, Grant Williams kerfuffle at the end of that Hornets
2: game last Friday. Kev, you tell me when to stop. I'm going to go back to Patrick Ewing, Oakley, Mason. Shot clock, you're winning the game, and the other team – throws up a a shot there's going to be in the old days you're getting knocked down that's an unwritten rule helping a guy up off the floor you think that pat riley encouraged all those guys on the knicks to help guys up off the floor that never happened you look back at patrick ewing and those guys nobody took a day off nope from practice or games they all played unless they were seriously hurt uh, this pro- communication where we've got all this hugging after the game, like it's a fraternity, uh, no, that never happened. You just didn't see it. It was us against them. End of a playoff series, you didn't see a lot of hugging. Maybe you went in and recognized guys after the series. You went in the other locker room and congratulated the other coach. But uh, it's a different game nowadays. Uh, but boy, I remember the old days. They were Those were all those things that you just uh, – we're very aware of, and it uh, and a great example is the team they're going to play tomorrow night, the New York Knicks. My gosh, they were tough.
1: All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for you this evening. Big thank you to Marika Cleto and R.C. Davis of the Warriors for helping us with the sponsor reads. Big thank you to Mark Grandy behind the glass. Thank you to all the callers here on Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through. One, hand, free. Up and go. The exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. playful and nailed it. 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.